everybody, I just wanted to take a minute and thank you for listening to this podcast. Make sure you leave a like and a review on whatever podcast platform you're getting this from. Watch my daily radio shows live stream on rumble.com slash Casey the host. And I'm moving away from Facebook onto Telegram. So please follow me on Telegram at Casey the host. And of course, my website, which is a conservative news aggregator. You can get all of the best real news every single day, plus my daily show prep podcast videos and more, theburningtruth.us. And if you like knives, Kydex holsters, pepper spray, and hidden cameras, make sure you do your shopping at asdefense.com. Enjoy the show. Now I hear the music. Now I know I'm on. Okay? Now now I know I got to go to work. What is with the gremlins in this studio the past couple of days? Did we prepare her? Have we prepared her, Josh? Because, I mean, it was it was pure chaos in here. Alyssa's back today. Pure chaos yesterday, okay? The whole board basically just started smoking and fried and just, like, destroyed the last hour of the show. For, for real. So, just... <clears throat> Happy Friday. Uh, it's, it's chaos and breaking news. So, big breaking news this afternoon. The FBI's fake... Governor Whitmer kidnapping plot has completely backfired as nobody is convicted. <laughs> Graduate Whitmer kidnapping plot jury has acquitted Brandon Caserta and Daniel Harris, each on a charge of conspiracy to kidnap the governor of Michigan. Harris was also cleared on several other charges, including conspiracy to use a weapon of mass destruction, uh, which is weird because they don't have any nuclear weapons. And since uh, some of you who think that there's no WMDs found in Iraq say that only only nuclear weapons can be WMDs. It's weird how they keep charging civilians with WMDs. Uh, deliberations ended in a mistrial for defendants Adam Fox and Barry Croft for the conspiracy charge. Uh, the jury on the trial over the alleged plot to kidnap Governor uh, Gretchen Whitmer, Democrat uh, totalitarian dictator of Michigan, told the court after over four days of deliberating that they are split over some of the charges. Which means there's at least a few idiots in there who want to convict. Uh, Jurors also told Judge Robert Junker that they had arrived at a partial verdict, agreeing on some counts, but remaining split on others. Deliberations began on Monday morning, and earlier in the day, after the hearing from the jury, Junker twice instructed them to return to deliberations and try to reach a unanimous decision on the deadlocked charges. The jury was apparently not able to resolve all of its disagreements, and there you go. Just like that. No convictions in this. And I, again, I have to I have to once again phrase this so people understand. Generally speaking, when you have a case like this, you have a terrorist who is trying to do something, and they are reaching out to people, whether it's around them or online, in order to get resources so they can carry out their attack. And that's how the FBI gets involved, and they conduct those sting operations, and they capture those people. I support those operations all day long, okay? The problem with this one is there was no plot until the FBI created one. And then the FBI recruited people into the plot. And then when the people didn't want to do the plot and wanted to leave, the FBI corralled them and kind of forced them back into the plot. And they did this, according to the handler of the FBI informant who basically organized this entire thing, They did this because they were running to do this before the election. And there was a lot of pressure to get this done before the election. And then you had, of course, uh, the arrests happened and Governor Whitmer out there every single day. Oh, friendly reminder, Trump supporters tried to kidnap me. And then she would just walk away from the podium without saying anything of value. 
And of course, they weren't Trump supporters anyway. So that narrative started getting you know thrown thrown out because they there's video of them saying that they don't like Trump. The trial, which began in early March, followed the arrest of Brandon Caserta, Barry Barry Croft, Adam Fox, and Daniel Harris. The FBI had investigated them and a number of other air quote militiamen. They're not militiamen. I mean, this is the Daily Wire writing this, but they're not militiamen. Okay, these are a couple of mentally unstable people, a homeless guy. Uh, and one guy who wants to commit suicide by cop. That's who they are. This is not a militia. This is not a group of people who are organized and training on a regular basis to conduct operations, whether um, you know these, these are offensive or defensive operations. That's not who they are. This is not a militia. This is a group of guys with various states of mental health issues. Most of the Michigan-based group, the Wolverine Watchmen, that's... That's, guys, the Wolverine Watchmen is the name of their Facebook group. Okay, this is not, it's not a militia. It's a a Facebook group. Uh, What else do we have? Caserta, Croft, Fox, Harris pled not guilty during the trial. Their defense attorneys accused two other men, Ty Garbin and Caleb Franks, both of whom pled guilty to conspiracy of lying. I think that we tried to make it very clear that these snitches, Garbin and Franks, were inconsistent. Caserta's defense attorney, Mike Hills, told reporters last week. By the way, how upset are those two guys? They pled guilty, and now they're watching everybody that they flipped on go free while they're convicted. They were actually lying. It was more than inconsistent. They were lying, and they were doing this for some time, uh, which is most precious which is the most precious thing that you can have, um, and I'm hoping that it impacted the jury. Okay, so basically meaning that they got caught lying. That's the most precious thing you can have in a case. So the defendant's attorneys also argued that their clients were, first, not guilty of the crime alleged, and second, to the extent that the conspiracy did exist, the FBI entrapped their clients and illegally pushed forward a plot that otherwise would never have amounted to anything more than a strong than strong language. And again, keep in mind, when we were going over some of the stuff that came up in this case, And we were telling you, when you look at how the group who is being prosecuted here, they basically were done and they were all going to go their separate ways and walk away. And what did the FBI do? The FBI told told their informant, okay, who pretended to be the de facto leader here, told the informant, you need to figure out how to keep them in this group and keep this plot going forward. Now, the FBI's mission is supposed to be to get rid of these plots, and if you find that organically people are not interested in the plot anymore, you should probably back off. That's not what the FBI did. They pushed forward. They brought in other agents and other individuals to give them resources and to give them training, kind of force these people back together again, when organically they would have just stopped. So not only would the plot have never developed, if not for the FBI developing it, in the first place, it would have never continued if the FBI didn't force everybody's hand in continuing the plot because they were all going to quit. Then we ended up finding out that the federal government broke the law in the grand jury indictment. They didn't do the grand jury indictment within 30 days as is required by federal law for a federal offense. They waited over 60. So that was illegal too. The prosecutor said the defendants took concrete steps to carry out the plan, holding meetings and trainings across several states. No, they didn't. That's the thing. Okay, the group didn't do that. The FBI did that. The FBI arranged all of the meetings. The FBI is the one that got them all doped up and drunk before they talked about the plot at those meetings. 
the FBI arranged the training sessions across state lines. So if if the FBI hadn't done any of this, it would have never happened. That's the thing. Everything that you usually have in a case like this is completely backwards. And taking two trips to scope out the governor's vacation home in Elk Rapids, Michigan. Uh, closing arguments, that may have happened. Uh, closing arguments in the case wrapped up last week on Friday. I've been waiting for the verdict on this thing. And in America, there's lots of things that you can do. You can criticize the government publicly, absolutely, says the assistant U.S. attorney. If you don't like the government's policies, you can protest them, unlike in Russia. If you don't like elected leaders, you can vote them out at the ballot box. Well, that depends, I suppose, on where your ballot box is located. What you can't do is kidnap them, kill them, or blow them up. The other thing to point out, too, is that the plot itself was so hastily put together because the FBI was on a timeline, and that timeline was to get this plot revealed to the world before the election, and that came up in the trial. There was no way to actually do the plot. So the alleged plot was a physical impossibility because of the nature of Lake Michigan at that time of the year. You couldn't do what they were planning on doing. So not only was this a plot that the FBI invented out of thin air and then recruited people into in order to entrap them, not only is it a plot that they tried to leave and the FBI roped them all back into, not only is it a plot that involved the FBI essentially making sure that everybody was abusing substances in order to keep the plot going, not only that, but the FBI concocted a plot that wasn't even possible to have ever been pulled off anyway. Nobody could have ever done it. The most elite of teams could have never done this. The whole thing is a ridiculous, well, it's a false flag. I'm just going to call it what it is. It was a false flag. The FBI did it for political reasons because they wanted to put it out in front of the election. And again, that came up in the trial. Now, some of you might go, come on, Casey. Well, look, if you're at a point where you still don't believe that the FBI conducts these type of operations to damage political opponents of the Democratic Party, you're dumb. I don't know what else to say. You're dumb. But you've also got the handlers there and the person that they had on the inside testifying to all of this, that they were under pressure to get this done before the election. That all happened at the trial. Why did they want to get it done before the election? To make it seem like Trump supporters were crazy again. It's all designed to go ahead and attack Trump. Just like all of those fake um, violent rallies and everything else that were carried out by the, uh, the Robert Creamer group, when Trump was running in the primary and all of those fights and things like that would break out and stuff like that, they also broke out at Bernie Sanders rallies and things of that nature. Uh, Bernie Sanders supporters would always you know, get in these fights with Trump supporters. None of them were Trump supporters and none of them were Bernie Sanders supporters. They were all Clinton supporters and they're all operatives for the Robert Creamer group. That was designed, okay, this all got uncovered with Project Veritas. People went to prison over this. It was designed to showcase that Trump supporters and Bernie Sanders supporters were radicals who were fighting in the streets and only the sane, logical Hillary supporters were the ones that you could trust. That's what it was designed to do. It was all a false flag, every single bit of it. It wasn't real. So this is just another example of that. It's another example of the attempted coup before the election and then after the election with the backup plan that Andrew McCabe and, and, um, and others talked about, Peter Strzok and, and what have you. This is just another one of those cases. So once again, two exonerations, okay? Two acquittals, I should say, 
Two acquittals and two people deadlocked. No convictions in the FBI Whitmer plot. Don't forget, Open Line starts at 4 p.m. Eastern time on this show. So at 4 o'clock today, you can go ahead and give us a call. And we'll be happy to take your phone calls in the order that we receive. Uh, Coming up next, Fox News journalist Benjamin Hall has revealed the extent of his injuries. They are bad. Remember, he was the reporter that was injured in Ukraine. Uh, Two of the people that were with him died. Uh, We're going to talk about that coming up on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Man, we are, we've got way too much. This is a busy Friday, and we're not going to get to nearly as much as we should, which means Monday should be very interesting for the early show as well as the regular show. Uh, we have open lines in about half an hour at 4 p.m. Eastern time. You can call about any topic that you want. And Fox News' Benjamin Hall has finally made public the injuries that he suffered in that attack in Ukraine. Remember, he was one of the news crews that was attacked crossing a a, uh, Ukrainian checkpoint outside of Kiev. And two of of the people that were with him died, like Fox Fox News cameraman and a Ukrainian reporter were killed in the attack. We knew that Benjamin Hall was injured. We didn't know the extent. We knew it was somewhat serious because we didn't hear from him for a while, but we really didn't know the extent of those injuries. Well, for the first time, Benjamin Hall has revealed his injuries and they are, they're bad. Um, he really is like one photo of himself, but he didn't like document his injuries for anybody, but I don't know if he's going to release that stuff maybe at a later date or, or something like that. If he has that information, who knows? Uh, Fox news correspondent, 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 my apologies, Benjamin Hall, injured in a deadly attack last month in Ukraine while reporting on the Russian invasion on Thursday evening, made a public statement about his severe injuries, including those on both of his legs. So here's what he said. If you haven't seen this, I mean, this is um, he's lucky to be alive. To sum it up, I've lost half a leg on one side and a foot on the other. One hand is being put together. One eye is no longer working. Uh, He does have a sweet eye patch now. And my hearing is pretty blown. But all in all, I feel pretty darn lucky to be here. So, pretty serious. And, you know, it's, I I don't know, obviously, he he lost a foot. I know that much, but um, losing half of the leg on on one side, I'm assuming that, you know, he's going to be dealing with prosthetics or be in a chair or what have you going forward. Um, he's got the eye patch. They're working on his on his hand and getting his, his hand back together. I don't know if his hearing is permanently damaged or if that could come back or how they're going to adjust that and fix that, but um, still pretty, pretty severe. And he released that, um, you know, just last night. But, uh, you know, we wish him the best. We wish his, his family the best, but... Like I said, he's lucky to be alive. He gave he gave a uh, you know a shout out and comments to his his compatriots who did not make it. Uh, he paid respect to them in his post as well. So don't want to minimize that also because he's alive and and they unfortunately are not. But it was it was a very very close call. So we had an idea that it was it was bad, but just nobody knew how bad it really was. But it was it was pretty ugly. All right, um, I got to play this and. This is Dennis Prager from 2019. Can you cue my audio, please? This is Dennis Prager from 2019. He went on Bill Maher's uh, Real Time with Bill Maher. Okay, went on his television show. 
And Dennis Prager in 2019 said so. Now, keep in mind, it's only 20, it's early 2022, okay? So in 2019, November of 2019, so this is what, two years ago, basically, like two and a half. I want you to listen to what Dennis Prager said, and I want you to listen to how liberals mocked him for saying it. Because just two and a half years or so ago, the things that we talk about on a regular basis today with transgender type issues and advocacy were even even to liberals seen as insane two and a half years ago. So I want you to listen. This is Dennis Prager. These are giant left-wing lies. We're talking about degrees. To say that men can menstruate is a lie. And that is now, that is what is said. Shocked faces. Check it out, folks. Check it out. Anyone who says a man cannot menstruate is considered transphobic. I missed this whole story. Are you kidding? Tell me where you're getting this. Just Google it. Can men menstruate? Who is saying this? You're talking about a very small percentage. Oh, really? Then how do you allow men, biological men, to run against women in, in the races in Connecticut and set all the high oh, school oh, records? Okay, I, but- okay, so they go on to tell him, nobody is saying that. What are you talking about? That's ludicrous. Yeah, nobody's laughing now, are they? Why is it that Real Time with Bill Maher is chock full of conservatives going on his show and saying things that they mock and they find so surprising that end up being true? Why is that? Probably most famously, Ann Coulter saying that Trump was the most likely winner of the Republican uh, uh, primary and the presidency. Here you go. 2019. It's two and a half years ago. November of 2019 is like two and a half years ago, guys. And everything that they thought was lunacy back then and crazy is now mainstream and actually being pushed in the classroom. More on that coming up in News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, MNC News Time is 331. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. All right. Uh, I suppose the other big thing I should probably tell you about is that the uh, the pro pedophilia judge has been uh, appointed to the Supreme Court. So Katanji Brown is going to be on the Supreme Court. There you go. Uh, the court got a little bit more child porn friendly. I don't know what else to tell you. I, I, I we went over this, you know, yesterday before it was finally voted on, and it's exactly what ended up happening. Uh, the problem with all of that is that in the midst of complaining about how she was treated the republicans really mean and mistreated shut up you don't democrats do not get to say this about supreme court nominees it it doesn't matter how bad republicans get with the supreme court nominee and they weren't particularly bad here but it doesn't matter how bad republicans are democrats have to sit there and keep their mouths shut because the democrats own abusing supreme court nominees what they did to amy coney barrett what they did to gorsuch and what they did to kavanaugh is not something that should ever allow them to have any complaints about how their candidates are ever treated again. Uh, and she wasn't unfairly treated. I really don't think that she was. I know that some people didn't like the tone of the questions, but yeah, you know, you, you got a judge who keeps letting pedophiles off with a slap on the wrist. And I don't really care if the tone is combative when you're talking to her because screw her. She's a pedo. And well, I don't know. I don't want to call her a pedo enthusiast, but she's a sympathizer at least, at the very least. So she's on the Supreme Court, and in the midst of all of this, <clears throat> uh, Joe Biden lied again. I know we just we just did this whole thing. Was it yesterday? The day before? Joe? Yeah, day before. 
Joe Biden got caught lying that he was a, a truck driver again. This is a lie that he's been telling since the 1970s. Joe Biden's never driven a truck, ever. He spent the night riding in a truck in 1973, okay? I wasn't even born. So... In 1973, he spent one night riding in a truck, and to Joe Biden's world, that means he was a truck driver at one point in time. This is, I guess, what happens when you're a career politician and you don't actually do anything for a living. Every time you do one thing once, you just pretend that that was a career of yours. Okay. So he said, I was in the foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping traveling with him. That's when we traveled 17,000 miles when I was vice president. And then he says, uh, I don't know I don't know that for a fact. Yeah, it's false. It's something that has been debunked multiple times. He never was with Jinping doing any of that. But he's still saying it. Oh, in other news, uh, the, uh, the, the pedophile sympathizer is now in the Supreme Court. Speaking of pedophiles, the update on the story from Real News Michiana that we had, uh, we had uh, Clifton French on this week to talk about the, the gay adult porn star who was invited to speak to elementary school children in Goshen. Isn't that nice? Uh, he has been removed from the list of speakers following a Real News Michiana investigation because uh, we had that story here. So he he spoke to the Boys and Girls Club in Goshen. And he claims that he is a early education teacher, like kindergarten and, and preschool. Um, and then he had been invited to speak at other schools as well. But only because he's famous on TikTok, which he doesn't at all blur the lines between his adult job, which, okay, fine. Be an, if you, you want to be an adult entertainer, that's okay. I don't care. I don't care about that. Uh, but you shouldn't be bringing that into the schools, and that's exactly what he was doing. That's the issue. So he was also listed as a speaker for this event in Illinois. Uh, Professional Education Association has removed a gay adult film star from its lineup of featured speakers at a pre-K and kindergarten conference following an investigation by Real News Michiana. Uh, Within just a couple of hours of receiving an email from Real News Michiana requesting comment uh, on Tell Williams the Force Planning Speaking Engagement, the Illinois chapter of the Association for Supervision and Curriculum Development scrubbed Williams from their website. Several hours later, the national ASCD sent Real News Michiana a statement on Twitter. Uh, Illinois ASCD scheduled Ted Will- Tell Williams uh, the fourth to speak at a recent conference based on information made available. Mr. Williams did not speak at the conference and will not speak at his virtual conference. Uh, they went on to you know say other things, but whatever. Uh, so the ASCD claims to have 125,000 members and more than 100 countries with primary focus on uh, professional development for educators. Okay, and you know this is this is the thing. It's like if you're if you're going to invite a speaker to come speak, shouldn't you know who they are? Now this is a person who's got a large following on TikTok. Okay, a lot of those people who follow him on TikTok are underage. And in his TikTok, he directs people to his OnlyFans, where he does adult material. So you've got these young people being exposed to him on TikTok. And, and but he might, I, don't, I haven't seen any of his TikToks, but he might very well create funny t- content for them, even though it might be grooming content and things like that. We discussed that with, with Clifton when we had him on the show. But if you're going to do that, you've got to have a hard line of separation between that and your adult business that you do. 
because there's going to be people who are underage on TikTok who are going to be following you, and you don't want them to bleed over into your OnlyFans because that's a crime. And he doesn't seem to care about that barrier at all, and that's the issue. So then you've got teachers and adult supervisors who also don't care about that issue at all, who bring him in to talk to the Boys and Girls Club of Goshen and, and, and everything else. This isn't somebody who belongs in the schools, especially considering the proximity of their adult business. Now, we've talked about this a lot in the show where there's retired, no longer working adult film stars who are trying to get back to the community, things like that. Sasha Gray was a big, uh, big example of that. Uh, at one point in time, one of the most famous adult film stars, she's done with the industry and she wanted to, she volunteered to go read to young children, like kindergarten and first grade. And adults in the community could come in and read books to kids. That was a volunteer thing that she did. So she was doing that. The problem is, is that uh, some people in the audience who were not kids recognized her and she was immediately banned from doing it because they couldn't dare have her around the children because how dare she? You know, she doesn't work in the industry anymore. But their concern was the kids would figure out who she was, kindergarten and first grade. The kids would figure out who she was and go see her stuff online. Okay, I fail to see how that's really possible with kids that young, but okay, so if that is the logic, then shouldn't that logic apply to this guy? And if your answer to that is no, you're a hypocrite, because this guy's active, currently making money in that industry and promoting it on his TikTok where young people are watching it. And just because he has a large following on TikTok doesn't mean you want to bring him in because of all of the other stuff. It's not appropriate for public education. It's not appropriate for young children, and everybody should understand that. And to have teachers and adult supervisors who are supposed to protect kids when they send them off to the Boys and Girls Club, uh, when parents send, send them off to the Boys and Girls Club, you, you should probably be asking some questions about this. How many parents of those kids who visit the Boys and Girls Club of Goshen, how many of those parents think that, do you think know that they invited a, an active gay adult film star to come and talk to their kids? Do you think the parents knew about that and were like, A-OK? Some of those kids were, I think he said, as young as six. You think that's all right? First of all, TikTok's not a platform for six-year-olds. Anyway, it's really not a platform for most people, but uh, that's where the culture war is. And in addition to that, now we've got to get into two additional stories. So I'm going to do this after the, after the break, and then we'll head into open lines here. Um, I'm letting you know now, okay, this is your warning. I'm going to play you... A video that is approved curriculum in New Jersey for nine-year-olds. I'm going to play that video for you after this commercial break. And I'm telling you, you don't want any kids around when I play it. And you probably do not want to be at work and have this blaring throughout your office. If you got headphones, Alyssa's shaking her head, yes. I played it. I didn't think about it. I played it. Alyssa's here. She goes, what in the world are you watching? Okay. So, but you have to understand, this is approved curriculum in New Jersey for nine-year-olds that we're going to play for you up next. But I'm telling you right now, do not have your kids listening to this show in the next segment. Turn the radio off, come back at four o'clock, because what I'm going to play for you is completely inappropriate for nine-year-olds, but we're going to do it anyway. And you're only getting the audio portion of it. You're not getting the video portion of it, in which it's much more graphic, Um and I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to paint the impression that it's graphic, as in like they're showing like 
pornography. Uh, but the statue David makes an appearance and, you know, some other stuff. Okay? There's some double entendre involved in all of that. So that's coming up next. I'm just giving you your warning right now. I'll give you another warning when we come back because I know some people kind of filter in throughout the show. You don't want to have your kids in the room listening to this when we come back and I play you this approved curriculum for nine-year-olds in New Jersey. Coming up next on 95.3 MNC. Hey everybody, Casey Hendrickson here for allnaturalcbd.org. If you have minor aches and pains, especially in your joints and in your hands, go ahead and go to allnaturalcbd.org. Pick up the lotion. You can get it in natural lavender or unscented and just rub it where the pain is. And this is really, it's going to subside like within three minutes. Every time I use it, it's usually within three minutes that I start getting pain relief. And it's obviously much healthier and safer than taking over-the-counter medications and that sort of stuff. Uh, no negative side effects. And it is a great product, which is super affordable and will last you a long time. And when you're comparing CBD products, uh, you definitely want full-spectrum CBD. You don't want anything that is isolate or anything like that. Those are lower-quality products. Go to allnaturalcbd.org, promo code KC10. All right, write this number down. Glass Doctor of Elkhart and St. Joseph County phone lines, 574-2595-953. That is 2595-953. And we will be doing open lines at 4 o'clock. Okay? Now, I played this in the studio early. I didn't earlier. I didn't think about it. Alyssa was here, uh, minding her own business. And she immediately looked at me and she goes, what in the world are you playing? Uh, and I thought about it and I was like, oh, yeah, uh, HR violation. <laughs> Oops. But I didn't think anything of it because this is approved curriculum in New Jersey for nine-year-olds. Now, I've already warned you, but I'm going to warn you again. If you've got younglings running around, you're going to want to put your headphones in or you want to send them out of the room or turn this off until 4 o'clock, okay? If you are at work, put some headphones on. This is not something that you want your HR department to hear. But I need you to understand, this is New Jersey's sex curriculum. This is their new curriculum they just put in place, and elementary school students are pointed to a maze and to watch videos produced by Amaze, including the one that I'm about to play for you. And now you are going to be spared the visual stimuli from what this video showcases, but you will get the audio of it. Now, friendly reminder, this is a video that is designed for nine-year-old students in New Jersey right now. You have been warned, turn the volume off or get the kids out of, out of, uh, out of Dodge as I play this. Have a listen. Is it normal to watch porn? Hashtag Ask Amaze! Yes! It's normal! Lots of people watch porn. After all, it's right there and it's free. And anyway, many people are curious about this sex stuff. But! And it's a big but! Remember, Porn is not real. It's just a fantasy, like, uh, like superheroes movies. Bodies don't look like those in porn movies. In general, everything is exaggerated. And sex, it often looks very different in real life. So don't expect your own body or sex life once you have one to look anything like what you see in porn. Or to sound like it either. <laughs> 
Seem appropriate for nine-year-olds, Alyssa? You got a nine-year-old relative? You look like you're about to throw something through the window. My daughter's nine. You know what happened to the principal of the school who gave her this assignment? Yeah, not going to be pleasant. This is in New Jersey. This is a part of their sex curriculum. They have approved for nine-year-old children. Nine-year-old children. Nine. It was released by a woman named Holly uh, Shapizzi. So she tried to keep an open mind about some of this stuff, but um, she then posted the Dropbox links to all of the stuff. She posted the, uh, the video on YouTube and everything else. And... If anybody tells you they're not trying to sexualize your kids, they're lying to you. Let me let me further go into a blue checkmark brigader on Twitter, shall we? Ayella, uh, Ayella has a certified account on Twitter, okay? And Ayella says, child porn is created when people get paid to make child porn. The rarer you make it, the more they get paid. The best way to protect children is to kill the economic demand, flood the market with AI-generated, freely accessible stuff that's created with zero harm to kids. Yeah, um, remember, nobody is trying to legitimize child pornography or to sexualize your kids, folks. Nobody's trying to do that. That's just a right-wing conspiracy theory. Just a right-wing conspiracy theory. What has happened to the adult industry as it's flooded the market and become free? What's happened to that? Has it has it suffered or has it expanded? Open lines coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Happy Friday. It is open lines. You can call about anything that you want right now. The phone number. The Glass Doctor of Elkhart and St. Joseph County phone line is 574-2595-953. That is 2595-953. Go ahead and give us a call now, and we are happy to go ahead and take those calls in the order in which they are received. If you don't get somebody answering, just keep calling back. They could be busy. Uh, and it could be that we, we have this weird thing that we have to do with the phone calls now. So sometimes maybe it just, just the, uh, the producer has to take care of what she's doing uh, before we actually answer the phone. So just be patient and call back if you need to. All right. Will Smith has been banned from the Oscars for 10 years for slapping Chris Rock, but he will be allowed to keep his award for best actor. And uh, the star says that he accepts and respects the decision. Uh, yeah. Now get a divorce from that horrible woman, dude, so you can stop ruining your life. All right, back to the phone lines. Here we go. 574-2595-953. Lynn, welcome to the program. Good afternoon. Hi, Casey. Good afternoon. Hi there. Um, I was wondering if you had any feedback on the, my visa case. with the I haven't heard I anything I on that yet. Okay. No, I sent it to him. Um, I haven't heard anything on that from him, so I don't know what the investigative process is for him and, and how that's going. Okay. Yeah, I did try to find the phone number for him. There was just a contact form where you put your information in, and I sent that in, but I haven't got anything back yet either. Okay. So. Yeah, I mean, I go always shoot him a text and, and see, but, yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. So I he's one I mean, he's one guy running a whole operation, so that's... Sure. No, I got yeah. you. I got you. I understand. I know. You're, 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 you're pressed. I haven't from, from the office either of uh, Senator Young. I just, they changed the date again. Now it's 10 to 13 months. Good Lord. And, Here's the thing that maybe I don't know you can under you can explain or maybe you can find out, but it doesn't make sense to me. 
So you have the, the thing says, let's say nine to 12 months, and currently work on a case that received on it before March 27th. And then they extend it to 10 to 13 months, and all of a sudden it says working on cases received on it before February 15th. How does that go backwards, the February, March date? I mean, if you're already working on stuff in March and you have need more time, how do you go backwards? It doesn't make any sense. Can, can you pretend that she's Ukrainian because they'll expedite it? <laughs> she can pretend to be a lot of things. <laughs> you know, it's I, you have to make light of it, I guess. It's horrible that your wife isn't here, but, you know, it's... It's like it because it, it, right now they're even saying that even at the southern border, Ukrainians that are at the southern border are going to be expedited in. Uh, yeah, I read that today. Yeah, okay. it's, uh, yeah. yeah. I understand that situation, but I mean, hire 10 more people. You got what does it take 10 minutes to read my form and say yes or no? I right. mean, come on. Exactly. It's not that difficult. No, I'm sorry to hear that that's happening to you, man. I really am. But I, I'll, I'll send him a text and see if he's got anything. I appreciate it. And I'm right. sure I'm not the only one. So no, no. Weekend. All right, man. You too. Take care. All right. Five seven four twenty five ninety five ninety five three. That is two five nine five nine five three. And again, we're installing new phone lines, so I just want everybody to know you might have to keep calling back because if we're on a phone call, uh, sometimes it can be hard to answer a another phone call when I'm already on a phone call with the way the system goes. So, like some of you're calling back right now, that's fine. Keep calling, and we'll, we'll get those in the bank, and then we'll start answering your actual calls on the air. Um, so here's one other thing that we have with the Hunter Biden laptop. And I've got a couple of angles on this today. Uh, Hunter Biden's laptop is continuing to haunt. There's a huge cache of deleted documents reportedly being recovered. Uh, this is Elizabeth Stauffer over at Western Journal in the Federalist Papers. Uh, little did Hunter Biden know when he stumbled into Wilmington, Delaware, computer repair shop to drop off his damaged laptop, that three years later it would produce a seemingly endless series of embarrassing and potentially incriminating headlines and cast a shadow over his father's supposed presidency. I might be adding some of these things in there. Uh, we already know that much of what has been reported from the laptop from L seems to violate the laws of both man and almighty. On Wednesday, however, we learned that a whistleblower is working with a team of information technology experts to recover 450 gigabytes of deleted material. This deleted material is said to contain 80,000 images and videos and more than 120,000 archived emails. Uh, now, this does come out of the Daily Mail. Everything with the Daily Mail must be taken with a grain of salt. Sorry, it's just not generally a reliable news source, but sometimes they get big stories, so you have to listen to what they're saying. Uh, the whistleblower is Jack Maxey, a Republican activist, former co-host of Steve Bannon's War Room podcast. In October 2020, he and Bannon received a copy of the laptop's hard drive. Now, the new bit of this is that he's actually fled, and he's in, what is this, Switzerland, I think. So this is the story from Not to Be. Uh, we should always be hesitant to believe wild, crazy bombshell stories like this one before we have all of the data and information, but man, oh man, this is quite the teaser. A source who distributed Hunter Biden's laptop to congressmen and media has fled to the U fled the U.S. to Switzerland, saying that he fears retaliation from the Biden administration. For the past two weeks, Maxi has been in hiding in Zurich and working with IT experts to dig out more data from the laptop from hell, which is again Hunter Biden's laptop. Uh, Maxi is a former co-host of of ex Donald of ex Donald Trump advisor Steve Bannon's podcast, The War Room. Uh, claims that he and his colleagues have found 450 gigabytes of deleted material, including 80,000 images and videos and more than 120,000 archived emails. 
He said that he intends to post them all online in a searchable database in the coming weeks. So he's now fled the country, alleged, allegedly fled the country uh, to Switzerland for protection. We've seen all of this play out before, haven't we? All right, 574 25 95 95 3. That is 2595 953. Open line phone calls right now. Julie, welcome to the program. Hi. Hi there. Uh, I got a little, it's a little tongue in cheek, but I blame Trump for all of the climate change and all the goofy things that the liberals are doing because it was so good when he was president that. They had the ability to, to, you know, to come up with all this, and they, they they had to buy, you know, find some way to bide their time and 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 make up stories, and and so I, I kind of blame Trump for making everything so good for so long. He was such a good president that they had to come up with creative ways to attack him. <laughs> or, 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 or to attack the United States. I mean, when he was president, climate change really, really, really got going because. We didn't have a war to worry about or inflation or oh, anything yeah, like yeah. that. I, it's their fallback I, issue, sure. Yeah, climate change is always a fallback issue for the left, sure. If there's nothing more important going on and everybody is kind of, you know, happy, then climate change becomes yeah. the de facto fear-mongering tactic of, of the, the left. That is exactly my point. Right. And, and, and so, yeah, right now you don't hear so much about that because of everything else that's going on. Right. I hope Trump gets back into office, but then look out for the climate changers. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, man. Appreciate the call. Thanks. All right. Take care. Yeah, this is, um, this is, this is weird. You know, when you, when, you watch, when you watch all of this kind of unfold, okay, when you watch everything just kind of unfold, when things are really good, as Julie was saying, and she's right, when things unfold, and they're positive. They immediately go back to the world is ending because of climate change. And all of the good things that are happening right now, your comfortable lifestyle that's all contributing to the death of the planet. And that's why you have to, you have to uh, you know, get them out of office and everything else. And then when they get into office, they try to focus on climate change. And they try to push the agenda that maybe got them into office. The problem is that everything else gets so bad that nobody cares about the issue anymore. The American people only actually poll well on climate alarmism when there isn't anything important happening that affects their life. Anytime there's something else that affects their life, they don't care about climate change uh, and they, they simply move on to the other issues that are more important, like inflation or the price of gas and oil and, and that sort of stuff. So it's a, it's a good observation. Uh, Julie's absolutely right. Uh, Joe, welcome to the program. This is Joe? Yeah. Okay, hey, how are you doing? First of all, I really appreciate what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. That's great. My take on all this is I have a 22-year-old who's a senior in college, a sophomore in college, and then a sophomore in high school who just turned 16. In just those seven years, when I go to parent-teacher conferences and I go to the high school to watch a music show or the difference in my peers, the parents, now mm-hmm. are lost. They are this is lost. They have nothing organized in their life. They don't have organized religion. They don't have organized families. They don't have organized holidays. And until that gets rectified, just some sort of structure, we're going to keep seeing this just buffoonery with everything that's going on. And you just stated for the last 15 minutes. So 
Well, that's part of the culture war, though. You know, it's and you know we talked about the war on Christmas and stuff like that, but that was all a part of the culture war. And I mean, your observations are correct, but if you tear down every tradition because every tradition is offensive, so you tear down all of the traditions that you have, you get rid of them, even the ones that promote you know goodwill towards man. You just tear them down because they're all offensive in some way, shape, or form. You can replace them with whatever you want. And that's where you get, you know, like, uh, what is this transgender day of visibility or what have you. And you, re- you try and replace them with those new things. The problem is that none of those things are mass appealing to the population because so few people are actually in that community. And it doesn't minimize the people in that community. It's just that there aren't that many of them. And while other people can respect it, maybe other people want to give them a shout out on social media or whatnot. It doesn't really affect their lives personally. And so they don't connect with it. Where Thanksgiving, and I've been talking about Thanksgiving a lot, okay? Thanksgiving, I think, is one of the most important holidays in our country. And it has been systematically erased, okay? It's the holiday in between, and it's less important. And really, it's just there to remind you the next day is a big shopping day for the next major holiday. But Thanksgiving is so critical because that's the day that promotes your family and your friends coming together and... You know, really being thankful for what you have and also caring for the poor and all of these things that are supposed to be really big foundational things with the American psyche have been torn down as this oppressive racist thing. And they, they gaslight real history and they replace it with fake history. And it's it, it's really it started with that and it became a consumerist thing. But really, it's it's evolved into every single other holiday that they attack every single one of them. The only ones that you're allowed to really go out and openly celebrate now are, um, God, what? Which ones? You can't even do Valentine's Day now. No, the military is mocked. The American Legion, look at these old codgers trying to have a parade here. Yeah. They're made fun of. The Thanksgiving is just blackout Wednesday now. Let's just go out and right. get hammered and blackout. And then they join these giant zoom calls with hundreds of people and they pretend that they're sick these kids are so lost they pretend that they're sick in their rooms and drink and get high in their room haha <laughs> my whole family's downstairs and i'm pretending my sick or you know, pretending i'm sick yeah. i take comfort in the fact that most people i know at the gas station at the grocery store are still normal well, yeah, most most are, and and there seems to be. I don't think that's the case. Yeah, and there seems to be in Generation Z, there seems to be a large chunk of that generation that gets it. Um, yeah, you're totally right. They're, right, they're going to run circles around these millennials who are right. now hitting forty. They're hitting forty. Years. I know, I dude, I know. Millenni- millennials are they're not they're not kids anymore. <laughs> millennials are getting old, <laughs> and, they're, and they're having kids. And they're lost. They go to the high school, and they're yeah. they're, they're 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 indistinguishable from me. Yeah, anyway, I appreciate you let me. Uh, yeah, no problem. Let me say that. So, uh, all right, keep man. It up. I, Take I, care. You really enjoy it. I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you much. Well, it, look, and and this is, you know, when people talk about culture war and things of that nature, and this is this is why, I I hate to bring this up again. This is why I'm on TikTok. I, I'm not saying that you should be. I don't think that any of your kids should be. But this is why I'm there, because that is where the culture is. Uh, it just came out this week. I know that you're all going to be super shocked about it. I talked about it in the early show today. I usually don't do an early show on Friday, but because of everything that happened this week, I, I missed two of the normal shows, so I did an extra early show today for everybody. So it's on Rumble if you want to get it. But the TikTokers went out there spewing Joe Biden's talking points and everything else. Guess what? It was a Democratic Party operation. 
And I know that everybody's like, well, duh, there's a lot of people out there who genuinely thought that, oh, Joe Biden just wants to be hip and he's with these TikTokers. And he asked the TikTokers, you know, uh, he answered some questions that they had and they decided to go out there and just tell their audiences about it. There's actually some people out there who are naive enough to believe that. But it is, you know, the person who organized it worked for the Biden campaign and worked for the Obama campaign. And they run, a, they, they work for two big Democrat lobbying organizations and they have this position with this other lobbying organization, and the entire thing is a Democrat Party operation. That's the entire thing. It was political theater. And most of you probably picked up on that. We're in this, well, not in this business, but we're in this genre. We know what we're dealing with. And there's a lot of folks who didn't realize that. They genuinely thought that this was an organic thing that these TikTokers were doing. So... The entire thing has been an assault on your culture. Everything in your culture, from the founding of the country, the principles of the country, the values that that Americans are supposed to hold dear, all of that has been eroded and erased, and it's being replaced with new things that only promote leftist agendas. you got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I didn't know it was a real theme park. I didn't. Have you been there? You've been to Dollywood? Was it fun? It was young, but it was still fun. Well, that's the point if I got two young kids. The true story, this actually came up a couple of weeks ago. I'm looking at an article that says cancel your trip to Disney and go to Dollywood instead. And it was funny because my oldest asked me about Dollywood like last week. And I think she's been talking to grandma. Uh, and so I opened it up and I'm like, whoa, they actually have rides. Like, I didn't know it was an actual theme park. <laughs> I thought you went there to look at, like, Dolly Parton's shoes and, like, records on the wall. And so I thought it was like going to Elvis's mansion. I didn't realize it was an actual theme park with rides and stuff. That's, uh, but is it, like, nice or is it, like, carnival? It's nice? From what you remember. But you were a kid. Can we trust your memory on that? I don't know. Mm, probably not. <laughs> I didn't know. I did not know that Dollywood was an actual theme park, folks. I had no clue. All right, open lines, 574-2595-953. That is 2595-953. And we'll take those calls in the order that we get them. Uh, this is in the American Spectator. A new California bill would let the government regulators determine health misinf- misinformation and then empower the attorney general to sue social media companies for allowing it. That's not at all Orwellian, not even remotely. 1984 come to life. A Facebook, um, let's see, Sacramento, California. Facebook friend recently published a link to some dodgy website. So I did what most of us do. I posted a critical comment, which led to a back and forth with someone I've never even met. I somehow survived my exposure to misinformation, although I have renewed my vow to spend less time arguing about nonsense with strangers and more time meeting deadlines. This is why I always have the two two comment policy that I talk about a lot in the show, uh, because I've got more important things to do than argue with people. Now try to consider how that scenario might play out if the legislature passed a bill proposed by Senator Richard Pan, Democrat of Sacramento. Pan last month proposed, and this is no exaggeration, making the Attorney General the arbiter of social media truths about medicine, vaccines, elections, and conspiracy theories. 
The bill is in limbo, but it provides insight into what some legislators will try. So it's Senate Bill 1390, and it would prohibit a social media platform, as as defined, from amplifying harmful content in a manner that results in a user viewing harmful content from another user with whom the user did not choose to share a connection. Keep in mind, most of the so-called COVID misinformation ended up being true. Yeah. We'll see what actually happens. If it's going to go anywhere, it's going to go in California, but this is scary stuff. MNC News Time is 4.31. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. Hey everybody, Casey Hendrickson here for XFog. You've heard me talk about XFog a lot. This is a product that I use in my shop on a regular basis, whether I'm making knives, knife handles, or holsters. I can't take my safety glasses off of my face and wipe the lenses clean when they fog up because Kydex gets all over the lenses, and Kydex is very bad for your eyes, so I can't get it on the lens. And obviously when it's fogging up, it sticks to it, and that runs the risk of damaging my vision. So I use the X-Fog system. I mount it to my hat. I've got a little Velcro patch in the back of one of my hats. I put the X-Fog back there. It doesn't affect anything. I, I don't have to worry about any vision issues. It's not loud. It's not heavy. It doesn't hurt. And it is just super whisper quiet, and I never have to worry about my safety glasses fogging up ever again. So whether you work in the medical industry, uh, if you're a doctor, nurse, what have you, and you have to constantly deal with wiping the inside of your lenses off because they fog up, X-Fog is perfect for you. If you're an airsoft player, if you're in the military or the police, again, this is a perfect product to keep your safety glasses and your shooting glasses completely fog-free. And if you work in a manufacturing environment, that's where $300 million of workman's comp every single year goes. People just take their glasses off and boom, they get injured because they're wiping their, their lenses clean and that's when accidents happen. Reduce the risk at work. Get XFOG today. Go to exfog.com. Use promo code Casey to get 10% off. XFOG.com, promo code Casey. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Uh, Somebody called and asked Alyssa what the phone that they were giving to the illegal immigrants was. It is a BM100. So I think it's an Android device. Um, it's, it's nothing like super expensive or ultra fancy, you know, probably, I, I don't know a lot about this particular phone brand, but, um, I, you know, it could, it could very well be a government model also, uh, it's entirely possible, but good question. Good question. All right. To the phone lines we go. Five, seven, four, 25, 95, 95, three Kelly, welcome to the program. Hello, Casey. Hi there. Um, I- I've been listening to you for quite a few months. I'm in War Land. Oh, great. What's and, up? And I really appreciate what you have to say. You have a little more energy than Pat does. I love Pat. Oh, I have to say you stole me. Oh, boy. Don't tell him that. <laughs> no, I love Pat. Um, but, no, I have three children. I have twins, boy-girl twins that are 14 in seventh grade. Mm-hmm. And I have a daughter who is soon to be 19 who has graduated high school mid-year. And we have been dealing with this transgender and uh, homosexuality issue. But it's not coming from our administration. It's not coming from my teachers. It is not coming from our curriculum. We are, uh, give me away here, but I'm very southern Wells County, so I'm just north of Indy. Okay. Um, we are a bunch of farmers. That's all we are. And... 
my kids are being, my twins are being influenced by students coming from other schools, from other counties. And a lot of it is the parents. And um, I know with my oldest, she had two friends who decided that they are no longer girls. And their issue is their home is kind of messed up. And so that was that. They're still, to this day, still, they look like boys. But now with my twins, seventh graders, mm-hmm. like their whole class is confused. Um, it's really been horrible and horrifying to watch. I was able to speak with their, this happened in sixth grade, with their sixth grade teacher. Mm-hmm. And so together in elementary school, we were all kind of like trying to um, hinder opportunities for certain gatherings, like during recess, certain okay. speech. Okay. But in high school, it's completely different. <laughs> yeah. And um, I'm very frustrated with it because I am, I'm turning 39 this year. Yep. And I am a millennial, and I appreciated what the gentleman said about a lot of families, especially my age, are not put together. And um, they are lost. I like to think that my husband and I are not lost. We are sure. self-employed in the trades, and I think we show a very healthy home, a very moral home. And um, But I do see, especially with my younger kids, their peers, parents, they are just kind of floaters. <laughs> There's a lot of that in the millennial generation. Um, and every generation has their issues and I know that millennials catch the brunt of it, but that's because, you know, you're the generation of focus right now. That's why, um, you know, all of the great things that millennials do kind of get swept under the rug because there's such a large chunk of your generation that is, and I'm only one year removed from your generation, but there's a large chunk of your generation that just, you know, has these issues. Um, my generation, for example, one of the issues was that dads didn't stick around and dads took off. And so there's a lot of single parent households as a result of that. And, you know, the generation before that was the women didn't want the dads to stick around. So every generation just kind of has its its own little things. And I know that we kind of use these broad terms, but it's certainly not meant to indict everybody. Um, you're, you're, so how, how are your daughters getting exposed from students coming from other schools? Are they just like transferring over and coming in or how does that work? Uh, yes, we have a few okay. surrounding counties who have. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Okay. Well, and and this is the thing, you know. Uh, so I talked about this. I did. I do an early show. I don't know if you're aware of that. I do an early show, usually four days a week. I usually don't do it on Fridays, but I did today because I had some appointments and couldn't do the other two. So when I address this today, one of the things that I I like to do is I grew up in Las Vegas. I don't know how much you know about me. Like I'm from Las Vegas. Las Vegas is like the transgender capital of the country. You know, they're in our entertainment there. They're all over. Um, and they weren't called transgender up until recently. They were called other things. But it's, I grew up around them. And, and I started my career interviewing them and going to their shows. I know a lot of people who are transgender. I know not a single one of them who is a crazy radical trying to indoctrinate kids with their, with their life's choices. Okay? I don't know any of them. So we're talking about a very small subset of crazy people here. And most of the transgender activism isn't even coming from transgender people. Most of it is coming from people who are not even transgender. Uh, if you look at the data, if you look at the data where it shows people identify as LGBTQ and, and you know the additional acronyms that they keep adding on to it, 
most of them don't live their life that way. They're just identifying with that group because it's it's a fun thing to do. If I really wanted to play with this, Kelly, if I really did, if I wanted to use their language and their definitions and their terminology, I could be LGBTQ. If well, I'm, I don't have a problem. I see. I don't have a problem with adults. You do you. I really don't care. I think most people are that way. Yeah. Yeah. If my children, um, it's because they're figuring themselves out, and right. this is a new. It's trendy, mm-hmm. and they're figuring things out socially. Right. And my kids are not athletic. They're not trendsetters, but mm-hmm. their friends are the weirdos, and okay. so the stuff that comes out of the. I mean, I hate to say that, but you guys are, your children, you don't know what you want out of life. And I don't think right. you understand the and, life. And they never believe that, right? Want. They never believe that until they get into their 20s and they go, ah, mom and dad were right. You know, they, they don't, they don't, they don't trust you on that right now. But one of the reasons that they do this so young is they want to confuse kids young. Yeah. Now, if yeah. I were to ask you what percentage, because this has been studied several times, what percentage of young boys who they basically have gender dysphoria, okay? So they think that they are they were actually supposed to be girls, but they're really biological boys. What percentage of them do you think grows out of that when they get to puberty? At this point, mm-hmm. like if we were comparing this, say, for, I, you know, I will tell you that the biggest study done on this was done in 2021. Okay. I, I don't think they stay there. I, the percentage, I think, is very low. I don't think that they... 88 to 97% of them grow out of it. Yes, I, I, would, I would assume that would be true. Right. Now, so why, if 88 to 97%, depending on which study you look at, and the biggest study is about 88%, and, and they've admitted even that it was a surprisingly high number that continued to believe that they were born as the wrong gender, okay? So even the study authors are like, we're really surprised by this result. But there's another study that was done shortly before that that said 97% grow out of it. So anywhere between 88 and 97% of those who identify as being transgender as young kids grow out of it through puberty. Now, because of that, the transgender community, I will say this, not the community, activists in the community are dead set on growing their numbers for their political clout. And the best way to do that is to create more transgender people, correct? But if if people grow out of it, then you have to get them when they're kids before they grow out of it. That's why Jen Psaki attacked Alabama yesterday. That's why she said the Department of Justice has put Alabama on notice. And all Alabama said is you're not going to mutilate children and you're not going to put them on puberty blockers um, until... They're an adult and they can make that decision for themselves. You're not going to make that decision for them because if you leave them alone, they'll grow out of it the overwhelming majority of the time. You know, kids, like I I use this reference a lot in the show. My nine-year-old, you know, a couple of months ago, she told me she wanted to marry her best friend. My nine-year-old is not gay. My nine-year-old clearly likes boys. It's apparent. It's not even up for debate. She's clearly likes boys. But she wants to marry her best friend because her best friend is her best friend and she doesn't understand what marriage means. So she doesn't get it. So she's at that perfect age as a nine-year-old where you can manipulate her a little bit. You can tweak it a little bit when mom and dad aren't around to correct that behavior, and you can artificially bump those numbers up. Uh, Demi, uh, Demi Lovato, I don't mean to interrupt you, but Demi Lovato, um, who was very attractive, musician, very feminine, all of a sudden came out as non-binary, right? Like a couple of years ago. 
And she just posted on Twitter. She goes, you can you call me they, but I'm still daddy's girl. And this has blown Twitter up because Twitter doesn't know what to make of that. And, and that's because Demi Lovato doesn't know what to make of it. And she's just trying to be a part of this group and trying to claim it for some social clout or what have you. If, if you, we I, I mentioned this the other day and I had this conversation with a friend of mine when I was in high school being bi curious was the big thing. It was like trans. You you're saying that you're interested in being gay. But you're you've never actually done it. She's so kind of curious about it. Right. And we could, you know, every opportunity we had because we're kids, Kelly, every t- opportunity we had. We tried to get anybody who's bi-curious to actually follow through on the curious part. They never did. And they've all got kids and they're married in traditional family values. They, they were just saying it. It was an easy thing to belong to a so-called marginalized group, but they won't ever live their life that way. That's the thing. And, and Right. And my, my daughter, my 19-year-old, now she's never, she's, she told me she was a lesbian and she's never acted on it. She's okay. never dated. She's never, now... Because of last year, it's a long story, that she's been actually taking college classes for her senior credit that mm. works with our school. So she's been out in the world, and she's not in her her high school environment. I think, like, going back to your nine-year-old, she didn't see anything in the opposite sex that she was attracted to because, let's be honest, teenage boys are retarded, especially now. And, you know, their behavior and their, their remarks, and so she didn't see anything she was attracted to. And so she's like, well, I get along better with girls and I have great friends. And I know that's what she was thinking. So we are watching her grow out of it. And like I said, she's not acted on it. But yet she's also shown that she might also be interested in boys at this point. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you just got to let people figure it out. For me, the important. Yeah. And for me, I think the important thing is, you know, uh, family can be the best guide there. And sometimes I get it, you know, especially in the gay community, family is not always accepting. I understand that. But family's got to be the best guide there. You have to let people just kind of figure out who they are. And, th- and there are people who don't figure it out until much later because they're focused on other things and, and depending on the environment. Um, the, the one thing that I really don't want to have happen is I don't want people to start mutilating children Exactly. Because they can never recover from that. Because once you start the puberty blockers, once you start the the surgeries, that's not reversible. And so you don't even give them an opportunity to grow out of it. They have no choice. They're now permanently a part of that community, whether they wanted to be or not. And the suicide rate for those post-transition is just as high and in some studies higher than those before they transition. If that if. If they're an adult and they make that decision, that's fine. You know, I'm going to I'm going to be right there making sure that people don't abuse you. But you can't do this to children. And you certainly don't need pornographic material for young kids in in class. I said that that video that I played earlier, if, if I, my nine year old came home and that was played to her in class, uh, you know, there's a school that's going to get burned down. I'm not going to be happy about that. Um, this is this is not OK. It's grooming. It's child abuse. It is the normalization of pedophilia. That is what it is. And it is all designed to to not only boost access to kids and to morally regress society, but it also is designed to divide kids from parents. I'm actually really glad you called. There's a great thread on Twitter that I'm going to try and get to before the end of the show today because it, it kind of explains what you're going through quite a bit. But it's designed to separate you from your kids. Yeah. It's, it's all designed to do that. 
Uh, Kelly, I'm I'm really appreciative that you called. I'm running out of time though. I'm a little bit late, and I got I got a bail. Is that okay? Thank you. All right, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Uh, I won't tell Pat that that you uh, you're my you're my audience anymore. <laughs> I I got I got more coming up here. I, I will try my best to get to that Twitter thread today because it's so relevant to what she was just saying. More coming up. 95.3 MNC. All right, I did find that Twitter thread. I can't do it before the news break, but I did find that Twitter thread that I was talking to Kelly about. So we'll, we'll get that here in the 5 o'clock uh, hour, just on the other side of news. I'm going to head back to the phone lines, though. 574-2595-953. Uh, that is 2595-953. Tom, welcome to the program. Yes, this morning I was uh, listening to the radio, and I think the way I heard it, they, uh, Russia has lost... Uh, 15,000. Between 15 and 20,000 soldiers is what the estimates are, yeah. Yeah, and and the Ukrainians had, what, 7,000 bodies that they wanted to give back, and they don't want them back? Oh, that I hadn't heard. That's that's the way I heard it, anyway. I mean, Interesting. Okay. Cannot be much for morale. I mean, uh, when you're in the service, you, you, you assume you're not that expendable. Yeah, so there's reports, and, and again, I mean, everything that you get out of Ukraine, just kind of take it with a grain of salt until it gets confirmed, but uh, there are reports that, like, 60 of the paratroopers from one of their elite regiments have refused to deploy to Ukraine, so they're now facing jail time, mm-hmm. and one of the members of that unit had been actually captured by Ukraine, and he was talking about how they're not getting any food rations. So there's no food, there's no gas. Um, I, I think that at this point, um, in spite of the way that Ukraine is kind of going outside of the, the rules of war here, but um, I think that when you hear so many Russian POWs say the same thing about how they're not being given fuel and they're cold and that sort of stuff that, you know, you probably start to believe it. And, and honestly, I think that this was just one of those things where Russia literally thought, and there's several soldiers who have said this, Russia thought they were going to go in in a couple of hours. This thing was going to be taken care of, and they weren't going to need all the logistical support. So now Russia's trying to get all the logistics set up, but it's way, it's too late for that because now the supply lines are all cut. Yeah, uh, in history, you know, like with the American Revolution, it's if you've got a bunch of patriots that are willing to fight, oh yeah, uh, they can defeat a very strong army. Well, and keep in mind, I mean, Russia went in with roughly an equal-sized force to Ukraine, but they had air superiority. And Ukraine is a well-trained army, you know? They're not what I would call first-rate, but they're about second-rate. And they, you know, they've got the numbers. And then you get civilians involved, you get foreign fighters involved, um, you get, you know, modern technology that rips through Russian technology, and, and you start to start to get, you know, a sense of what's happening over there. It's not going well for the Russians at all. But they did secure their primary objectives, so I will give them that. Their secondary objective to uh, have regime change in Kiev was a total disaster. Yeah, thank so. you for filling me in on the parts of this that I don't know. There's a, there's a lot to know about. There's a lot. There is. Hey, Tom, I, I, got, I, I, I hate to cut you off. i got to run, man. I'm a heartbreak, but I appreciate it, okay. bud. You take care. You take Bye. care. Yeah, very complicated conflict. we got more coming up, 95.3 MNC. Hey everybody, Casey Hendrickson here for News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Still doing open lines, 574-2595-953. We'll take uh, more phone calls in a little bit. I will go over this Twitter thread that I promised uh, Kelly earlier. 
I would get into. I've been wanting to talk about this seriously the entire the entire uh, week. Uh, first, I got to tell you about Nutrition HQ. So there's a new stack over there, at Nutrition HQ LGN. It's a two month weight loss stack, and it comes with three formulas. And you can get Lean Light and uh, Night Lean. Uh, well, Lean Light. And night, excuse me. Lean is the AM formula. Uh, so max strength, energy, fat burning, mood enhancement. Then you have light that is used for like the afternoons, which will curb your appetite, help support fat metabolism. And then, of course, you have the night, which is for the PM. So that will promote rest, recovery, help detox your body and that sort of thing. This is a great new stack over at Nutrition HQ. Of course, if you go to NHQSB.com, use promo code KC20. And you get a discount there. You also get a discount when you go into the store at 5804 Grape Road in Mishawaka. Again, Nutrition HQ. Sean Dawes. Excuse me. Josh Dawes. Why did I say Sean? Dosh. Dosh. <laughs> Am I checking out already? I'm checking out an hour early. Josh Dawes on Twitter. I'm seeing a lot of people on the right share this meme. While it may be strong satirical response to those who get lost in nuance, it fundamentally fails to recognize why the left wants to talk to your kids about sexuality. Now, the meme is of a Simpsons school bus driver, um, which you know basically says uh, it's not rocket scientists, uh, not rocket science guys. They're just evil and want to diddle kids. I thought I was the only one that used the diddle thing, but apparently I'm not the only one that uses the diddle thing. So. Obviously, you know, when you talk about sexualizing kids, you know, the easy, easy throwaway here is, well, they want to, they want to diddle your kids. And that's become kind of the meme. Now, memes are meant to be bumper stickers of the internet and they're quick, they're witty, they're funny. That's the whole point of a meme. But Josh Dawes felt like better explanation of this was needed. And he did a whole Twitter thread on this. Now, I, I usually don't do this, but I'm going to read it. Okay, and the reason I'm going to read is because I think he did such a great job at it. So he writes, the left doesn't want to diddle kids. I, I disagree with that to an extent. They want to create little revolutionaries to do what they need to sever the bond between students and the parents that they believe are raising their children to be hateful bigots. In order to sever the bond between parents and their children, the left is using a two-pronged approach, critical race theory and radical gender ideology, properly known as queer theory, are not two unrelated sets of ideas. They are two parts of the same strategy. CRT is usually the first set of ideas to be introduced. This is often enough to radicalize social, excuse me, racial minorities, but it's merely step one for white or white adjacent students. CRT instills in these students a negative self-identity as they're taught to believe they're recipients of enormous privilege that was stolen from others and that they are complicit in historic and ongoing injustice. In child terms, they're taught to believe they're bad. Apart from the shame and guilt, this also gives them a worldview at odds with the ones their parents grew up with and are trying to pass on to their kids. Step one is complete. Once CRT is done tearing down these kids and leaving them with a negative self-identity, queer theory is introduced and offers them a wide assortment of positive self-identities to choose from. And you can be anyone you want. It's entirely up to you. You might live your life as a traditional man or a traditional woman, but you can pretend to be any one of these other categories. 
Instead of living with the shame and guilt of being a member of the oppressive dominant culture, these students can be celebrated for coming out as gender non-binary or pansexual. In an instant, these kids can trade their negative self-identity and all the accompanying guilt and shame of being an oppressor for a positive self-identity as a much-venerated, quote, oppressed minority. At this point, the left desperately wants this new identity to stay at school so it has some time to be cemented before the parents find out. In the guise of helping these students, schools withhold this information about their child's new identity from mom and dad. Um, A school nurse was recently suspended and or fired because she exposed that there were several students who were doing this without parental knowledge at her school. Once the parents do find out about their child's new identity, it's firmly in place and an adversarial relationship between the child and parents has been manufactured. It takes extraordinary deft parenting to repair the relationship once it has reached this stage. The parent's tendency will be to overreact and push the child further into the arms of woke radicals who now have the little revolutionary that they wanted from the very beginning. The bond between parents and child has been severed, ending the perpetuation of hate and bigotry. The left is determined to replicate this process in as many families as they can using whatever means at their disposal. It's not about diddling kids. It's about capturing the minds of impressionable children. Unfortunately, this creates environments where actual predators can thrive. When young children are isolated from their parents, encouraged to adopt different beliefs, and keep secrets from their parents, they are made easy targets for abusers. The thread is actually a lot longer than that, but I'll cut it off there. Um, It's a very good analysis. And it's one that perfectly kind of encapsulates what Kelly was talking to us about with, with her kids. And, you know, the, the reality is that if you leave them alone, they will grow up as human beings have done for its entire existence to have normal, natural desires and tendencies. So you have to artificially inject yourself in that in order to go ahead and manipulate their behavior. Now, I've told you for many, many years now, I know gay people who were born gay. I know gay people who chose to be gay. And that used to be something that the gay community said, no, 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 you don't choose to be gay. Yeah, some people do. Some people do. And it's usually because of some trauma involving the opposite sex. But particularly with males because there are so so much more gay men than there are women you cannot ignore the data which shows the undeniably high numbers of sexual abuse that boys actually face from the opposite sex or from the same sex I should say not the opposite sex Um, girls tend to be abused by grown men boys tend to be abused by grown men and that tends to shape their sexuality not in every case but in large swaths when you look at the data of the adult gay population when it comes to men the number of them that were abused by men at a very young age is extremely high 
And there is clearly a correlation there with the numbers of them with that abuse. That doesn't mean all of them. Okay. I'm just saying that there is clearly a connection there. And because the behaviors that young boys experience with that type of abuse is often not replicated for girls, you don't see the same types of numbers for, for gay women as they become adults. It's very different. And, the scientific community, the few that do press forward on this, because obviously they are ostracized, but the few that do press forward on this research have found an undeniable connection with the, the number of gay adult men and the abuse that they suffered as a result of being children. And that has to be factored into a lot of this. And you start looking at these environments and, and creating these environments that are breeding grounds for sexual predators there's going to be a perfect opportunity, not only for this revolutionary thought process that Josh Dawes here on Twitter is talking about, but also to convert people through grooming and abuse. And this is a very real thing that has to be discussed and it has to be acknowledged because it is undeniable. So everything that Josh Dawes said here is 100% true, but I would add on there. And they want to diddle your kids because there is a large chunk of them that do. And I'm sorry, there is, I think it's becoming much more clear now than it was several years ago when I would tell you about the judges and the lawyers that would out judges as being a part of these pedophile rings. I think the Epstein case has kind of brought a lot of this to the forefront. You have a massive quantity of powerful people in this country and in the world who abuse children far more than I think anybody realized or anybody ever wanted to believe existed. And with cases like with, with Epstein and with cases like with Judge Jackson, not putting them behind bars, normalization of NAMBLA, the, the constant barrage of professors at the collegiate and university level who are out there saying, Pedophilia is just a minor thing. It doesn't actually mean much. They can be reformed or what have you. They can't. And I'm, I'm sorry, but when you're a judge and you're looking at somebody who uploaded videos of 11-year-olds being raped by grown men to YouTube and you say, this is not an especially egregious offense, I don't believe you are a pedophile, and gives that person only three months, that person reoffends, and then you give that person only six months, not even in jail, but just in a, a transitional house, I have to question if you are, in fact, a part of that community. I have to. There's been a large number of teachers over the years and a growing number of female teachers who are assaulting children. And it is getting to this point where you constantly are having these stories out there. And perhaps they're out there because people feel like they're a little bit more accepted or they can get away with things a little bit more than probably they, they really wanted to or used to be able to. And now they're being a little bit more accepted. And if you keep having judges give them light sentences, you have to, you have to wonder. Um, you know, Maybe there aren't a lot of them out there, but maybe they're just in the right positions of power to have influence. They're in the legal system, the political system. You know, I, I always point to this 
And I realize that we're dealing with adults when I talk about the Congressional Slush Fund, but at the same time, you had members of both parties for decades have a secret fund of money that they could pay off victims of members of Congress, and nobody would know. And they knew who used the funds, and they didn't advertise it. They didn't publish it. They didn't force those people out of office. They didn't even use it when they were in the opposite political party. They just kept it a secret. What type of, of what what type of people do not tell people that there are those who are preying upon others sexually and are actually using money to give them hush money? Who does that? You start you start looking at all of it in the aggregate and you start to realize I think that there's a lot more of them than we wanted to believe. And historically there always has been. And maybe because of modern times and the moral fabric of the country for, you know, decades, maybe we just didn't want to believe that that, that was really still a major issue anymore and that it was very fringe. But maybe it's more mainstream than a lot of folks want to admit. If you look throughout human history, adult minor relationships were very common. They were very common in the United States not that long ago. So perhaps it is a much bigger problem that we are just willing to accept. And it's being exploited for political gain while damaging the, the fabric of the family, driving kids away from parents, and how parents deal with this is, you know, for those of you who've got kids who you can get them out of public school, you got to get them out of public school. You got to be really careful with the private school that you get them into as well, because some of these private schools are worse. And this is going to require tremendous sacrifice for many of you who don't have the funds to get them into private school. We didn't think that we did. And it turns out that there's, because we live in Indiana now, it wouldn't be this way in Michigan, but we live in Indiana. There's a lot of help in Indiana. There's a lot of help in Florida. There's a lot of help in some of these states. And in the states, if you're listening to this in one of those states where there isn't a lot of help, guess what? You got to get the laws changed. So there is a lot of help for parents to choose where their kids go to school. Now, does it, does it start to make sense why teachers unions are so opposed to you being able to pull your kids out of a bad educational environment and put them into a good one that you choose? It's much more than just about money, isn't it? They always, always said that it was about money for them. They lied about their finances. They always said that this cost the school district money. It never did. It was always a net benefit to the school district, but they still argued it anyway. But a lot of people on our side were like, well, they just want more money. Yes, but there's much more to it than that. They don't want the parents to control what the child is being taught. They don't want the parents to have influence on what the child is being taught because they want to drive this wedge between that relationship. They want to raise the kids. They want to program them. They want to brainwash them. And they want to turn them into the little revolutionaries that they, that they are looking for in the future to convert the country into a socialist country, which has ultimately been the goal of the political left in this country since its inception. And we are sitting here watching it come to fruition right now. All under the guise of tolerance. I'm going to say this one thing and then we'll take our break. So I'm making my producer nervous. If a child is too young to consent to sex, they can't consent to changing their sex. More coming up. 95.3 MNC. Everybody, Casey Hendrickson here for MyPillow.com. 
Casey, how do you sleep at night? On my side, comfortably, with MyPillow. Go to MyPillow.com, pick up the standard MyPillow, just $19.98. You can get the firmness that you want. You can get all this soft and fluffy if you're weak and squishy. Or if you don't sip lattes and you drink coffee black, you can get the firm variety, and it will feel great. Uh, great support. And like I said before, one of the best things about a MyPillow is that you can actually wash the thing without ruining the pillow. So if it needs to be washed, you can wash it. If it needs to be bleached, you can bleach it. And then when you dry it, it's going to be a brand new pillow when it comes out of that dryer. And every week, throw it in the dryer. Whether you need to wash it or not, just throw it in the dryer for 10 or 15 minutes. That will refluff and reset the pillow as if it were brand new right out of the packaging. Think about the last pillow you had that felt brand new anytime you wanted it to feel brand new. Right. And you probably didn't pay just 20 bucks for it. Go to MyPillow.com. Promo code Casey, C-A-S-E-Y. Get the standard MyPillow for just $19.98, the cheapest price it has ever been available. MyPillow.com, promo code Casey. All right, uh, back to the phone lines here real quick, and then we'll get into the news break and uh, finish out the show. We have John. Welcome to the program. Good afternoon. Hi, Casey. Hi there. Uh, not that we need any more evidence that the left is screwed up, but I've got some for you. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> I'm a nurse anesthetist, a CRNA, mm-hmm. and uh, I was practicing in Oregon a few years back, and I was working with a plastic surgeon in a medium-sized hospital in the, in the Willamette Valley, and we were having a conversation, and one of the things that he revealed to me was that <clears throat> in Oregon— if a teenager boy wants to become a woman, mm-hmm. all he has to do is get two psychologists to affirm that he is ready and able to uh, psychologically uh, have a sex change operation. And he can have uh, artificial breasts implanted as well as other work done. And the state will pay for it. Oh, the state. I was going to say, how, yeah, I was going to. I was going to ask. Well, how does a sixteen-year-old pay for it? The state pays for it. Interesting. But here's the stupid thing. Not that that's. I was going to say. Okay. Additionally, you mean? All right. So if if a woman who has pendulous, heavy breasts that are causing her back pain and neck pain, and this is a reality for many women. Many. Yes. Wants a bilateral mammoplasty reduction okay to help her physically medicaid does not pay for it yeah it's considered an elective procedure right yeah yeah so something Whereas that causes physical pain is an elective procedure but teenagers it's essential to change a teenager's sex who isn't even old enough to vote yeah interesting i mean i wish They're i could say i was surprised but yeah it's that's fru- yeah. that's that's frustrating it's and I mean, oh, and not only that, not only that, if I may, if if I morally had a problem with that and said I didn't want to do the case, I could be turned into the state and have my license revoked. Yeah, Oregon's a little nuts that way. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't even you can't even follow your own conscience. That's true. In regards to something like that. Yeah, and even that, I, for me, it wouldn't even be a re- religious thing. It would be a child abuse thing. But yeah. It's, you know, hey, at least you don't live in Oregon anymore, right? No, I do not. There you go. Hey, John, I appreciate the call, man. Thank you for the info.
All right. All right. Take, take care. care. Yeah, it's uh, but it, you know one of the one of the things that scared us off in in Michigan is you know Michigan tried to pass they didn't pass but they tried to pass that thing where if your kid wanted to swap genders at school um, they were trying to pass a law in Michigan just a few years back that the parents would not be told of the student's preferred gender pronoun when they were at school so it would be kept and hidden from the parents so the parents wouldn't have any idea which goes right along with that that Twitter thread was saying it's you know it's designed to build that wall between parents and kids all right, MNC News Time is 5.33. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. Hey, everybody. Casey Hendrickson here. I'm sure you're aware, but it is opening day festivities for the South Bend Cubs happening right now. And as a result, uh, it's baseball season, folks. In this baseball season, you can turn K's into cash and big hits into big wins with FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a risk-free first bet up to $1,000. Just sign up, place your first bet, FanDuel will refund you up to $1,000 back in site credit if you do not win. They've got great promotions almost every day. It is a safe and secure app, super easy to use, and the best part, you get paid fast. You do not have to wait. See for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. So download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. Sign up using promo code Casey to get started with your risk-free bet up to $1,000. That is promo code Casey. C-A-S-E-Y. Must be 21 or over and present in Indiana. First online real money wager. Only $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable site credit that expires 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you have a gambling problem, please get help. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Uh, what else do we have here? This is an interesting one. This is in the Boston Herald. Come July 1st, come on. <sighs> okay, they played played some ads, and then, anyway, all right, never mind, sorry. <sighs> La- come, come July 1st, okay? Labor and employment lawyers and other advisors in the human services field say that the law in Florida has created a legal minefield for private and public sector employees. If employees do end up feeling discomfited, discomfited, Is that a word? Discomfited. By the concepts and statements conveyed during training sessions, this new law gives them the right to sue the employer. So I want you to to go ahead and just imagine this. You're sitting there, okay, in your required training, and they start telling all white people that they're evil. And that makes you feel uncomfortable. Guess what? You can sue your employer. I love this. We need more laws like this. Okay? We desperately need more laws like this. Some labor and employment lawyers who represent private sector employers believe the training programs have little or no future in the state of Florida. Good. They shouldn't. Diversity, equity, and inclusion training will be a thing of the past in the state of Florida. Yes. That is Leonard K. Samuels, a labor and employment and business litigation lawyer for the Berger Singerman firm in Fort Lauderdale. It's risky to do it. It's a hornet's nest. He added that the programs are a are at great risk of no longer being part of corporate America or in the state of Florida. Good. Good. You know, when these things first started getting going, um, we used to highlight some of the weird stuff that they would do. And and I used to mock my own company at the time, CBS. I used to mock some of the stuff that they would have in their annual training. 
And it, it was just, it's one of these things where we saw the writing on the wall. Like, if this stuff gets normalized, it's going to continue to get worse. And these firms, their entire business model is on coming up with something else that they need to train you for. So there's always going to be something new that they have to present to employers that they will need to provide training for their employees to prevent the legal minefields and all of that other stuff. And now, if you're sitting in that training and you feel like you have been targeted or you feel uncomfortable or offended, you get to sue the employer now. So that training better be geared in a way that it doesn't offend anybody. And I got news for you. If you're going to go out there and say, you know, white people are evil and all minorities are, you know, essentially inferior and need government help to succeed, you're going to run into some lawsuits and rightfully so. So I'm hoping that more states do this. And this is just yet another example of why DeSantis is so amazing. I don't really, I, and this is, you know, this kind of came up a little bit earlier today and if you were to ask me, would I be happy if Trump was president again? Yeah, I would. I think he was a good president. But if you gave me a choice between Trump and DeSantis, I'm sorry, but DeSantis has the edge here. You know, he's a more polished version of Trump than Trump is. I think he's I think he's more intelligent. And DeSantis just gets stuff done. And it's not just stuff. It's the right stuff at the right time in the right way. We need people like that. So God bless Florida. Got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Hey, everybody. Casey Hendrickson here for Balance of Nature. Fruits and veggies. Uh, we love this product in the Hendrickson household. We also love it in the MNC studios. We always have a couple of bottles of fruits and veggies around for people to have throughout the day. So they get their fruits and vegetables. Plus, it gives them a boost to their immune system as well as energy. You get those vitamins and minerals that you desperately need. And the fruits is a blend of 16 whole fruits. This is whole food. It is not supplements, it's it's gluten-free, it's non-GMO, and it is vegan-friendly if you care about that. But the fruits have a blend of 16 whole fruits, and the veggies have a blend of 15 whole vegetables. So you get your full servings of fruits and vegetables every single day when you take your fruits and veggies from Balance of Nature. Go to balanceofnature.com, use Laura Smith's promo code, Laura, L-A-U-R-A, and you will get 35% off. Balanceofnature.com, promo code, Laura. You know, some of the stuff that we were talking about earlier involving kids and what's happening in schools and the sexualization of them. And, and, you know, it used to be that when we were talking about the sexualization of kids, we talked about cartoons and we talked about clothing and how brands were marketing this stuff. Uh, there used to be a brand of clothing that, that used to make clothing for girls that advocated violence against boys. And that was really hyped by all of the uh, the fake moms out there who are trying to be their kid's best friend instead of their parent. These were those those old battles, but now it, it's in the classroom. It's the teachers. Luckily, their their egos don't allow them to keep their mouths shut. They keep hopping on a TikTok and explaining what they're doing in the classroom. We discover it. But um, earlier on the early show today, go to rumble.com slash Casey, the host, and watch today's early show because some of the stuff that was reported being curriculum in australia will absolutely blow your minds for you know nine and ten year old girls to come home and the questions that they were supposed to ask their dads uh very inappropriate stuff uh today is the although he didn't work the show today today is josh's last day we have we do not have producer josh with us anymore he is officially off to greener pastures so 
We're going to miss him. Wish him and his the absolute best. Have a great weekend, folks. We'll see you Monday.